On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Sidetracks, the unscripted and unruly series where we share with you what we've been watching and whether it's worth your time. This is the Grindhouse Girls podcast. Hey, this is Katie. And hi there, I'm Brittany. And this is uh, Sidetracks. We're back again because we took a couple weeks off. Brittany had her birthday. Happy birthday, Yay. Brittany. Thank you. Happy half birthday, Katie. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and then there was 4th of July, and we went. We saw our friend and listener, Peter. He came and visited, and we went to Pita. a farmer's market, and everyone got sunburned, but it was really fun. I had lots of fun. I came home with food and candles, so. Oh, yeah. We we, we uh, cooked those mushrooms the other day. They were so mm. good. Yeah. But, yeah. So, but we're back and um, better than ever. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but we're back. Um, I have been watching a lot of television the last couple weeks. I watched a few movies, but mostly television and mostly very polarizing television. Well, I don't know if it's polarizing. I hate watched a lot of stuff in the last week or so. What about you, Britt? Uh, I've watched so much. And I, I think I told you, I was like, how am I watching a lot more in May and June than I was like the most, or like how much, how was I watching so much more in June than I was May? And then I realized it's because my foster puppies were older and I could actually take true. my eyes off them. Yeah. I know there's one thing we both watched. I don't know. Do we want to start out with that or end with it? Uh, I guess, what do you think? I almost think end with it, but I, I yeah, can start with it. Yeah, maybe we should end with it. We can end with yeah. it. I will start with the thing that everyone's been complaining about, which I don't know. Did you get to watch The Idol yet? I haven't watched any of it. I, You know what? This is awful, but it's usually if I hear didn't. something's really not good, I usually don't even give it a chance. So it Parts of it are so bad it's good. But parts of it are just bad. And I don't, I, oh, it made me question whether Euphoria was actually good. Which is why I started re-watching some of Euphoria. And yes, Euphoria is actually good. Here's the thing, though. There's a lot of sleaze in Euphoria. But it's a lot of the sleaze is used for comedic effect. So there's like a lightheartedness to it. You know what I mean? Even though the show's not lighthearted. A lot of the sleazy aspects are kind of funny. Like, there's that episode where you learn about maddie and her dating history and how they're like she never cheated on nate except with this guy and then with this guy and then with this guy and then with this guy but they were all separated and it just goes to different like her getting fucked in a bowling alley and like a or a roller skating rink or something and it's funny um but this movie is just like fucking sleaze all over the place but it's all it's not for comedic effects and if you haven't watched the idol it's on max the hbo max uh thing um and okay so it's basically like the story of like a britney spears per like-esque pop star 
um, her mother has died and she's trying and she's had like a nervous breakdown after that and she's trying to come back and do her first album since that happening and, and she's trying to be like more of an adult and because she was like a like a teen pop star so she's trying to like grow up and be an adult and make mu- music that actually counts and she meets this guy called oh shit what the fuck is his name torfo no it's not torgo what the fuck is his name Oh fuck! It's it's the weekend, but I can't remember what the character's name is. Oh my god! Hold on, I have to look this up because y'all can't. It's something stupid. It's like a stupid name because it's a made Tedros, 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 and Jocelyn. So Jocelyn is played by Lily Rose Depp, who actually is really good. She's. She does a really good job. Her character's very interesting. Um, she's the most interesting person. And she should be the lead, right? But they're, like, giving the weekend top billing. But he's mm. basically playing a villain the whole time. And I will ruin it for you, because you're not going to watch it. Basically, we go through this whole five episodes of her falling for this bad dude who has, like, basically... It's, a- it's only five it's episodes. A- yeah, okay, it's a limited series? Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. It was supposed to be six episodes. And originally, they had a female director, and it was going to be, like, more from the female gaze and from a female perspective of being a pop star and all the struggles. But then, for some reason, that director left, and um, Sam Levinson, who's the creator of Euphoria, decided, I'll direct it, it's fine, and put it through the lens of a man. Uh, purposefully, apparently. And I think that was a mistake because, like, we've seen this story before where Hollywood, the music industry, ruins a young starlet and how awful it can be. There's, like, a there's like the Tina Turner documentary. There's a Mariah Carey, that Honey movie, or whatever. What was it, Honey? Honey was the one with Jessica Alba. What was the mm-hmm. one? Glitter. 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 It was Glitter. So you've got, like, all of those movies. Um, you've got this that really terrible 80s movie, The Lonely Lady, where, like, a Hollywood writer goes through all that shit and fucks her way to the top and then wins an Oscar and says, I'm not the only woman who had to fuck her way to the top. It's a hilariously bad movie. Y'all should totally watch it. But, um, but, like, so it's, it's like, a story we're already familiar with. I will say the cast is stunning, there's, um, like, Dan Levy has a bit part in it. There's, um, Carl Glusman is in the last two episodes who was in Watcher and, um, shit, uh, Neon Demon and stuff. Jane Adams is in it. Eli Roth is playing an asshole producer, so he's actually very funny in it. Um, and then Hank Azaria and then, uh, Rachel Sennett, who was the girl with the brown curly hair and bodies 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 oh yeah I think she yeah, was yeah. also in Sh- shiva, baby. shiva baby shiva baby yeah shiva baby yeah. and um so they're great but it's just like the writing is real eh. um mm. but it kind of feels like sam levinson like created a show so he could just fuck around with a bunch of music industry people because you have the weekend as a main character as the love interest of jocelyn who apparently has a music 
cult where he's not he's like wants to be a producer and he's gathered all these young talented people around with him but he's basically like brainwashing them and mm. he's like uh, like he's got like a little cult going and jocelyn's been like his big get like that's been his his thing it's kind of like they make a joke about this towards the end of the series like you know charles manson lived at uh who's it brian from the beach boys house and you know and he lived there and it was a whole mess because he wanted to be in the music industry like that's kind of the weekend's character um Mm. is the same thing so we've got the weekend and then like jenny kim from the mega super k-pop band blackpink is a character in this um there's a bunch of really good the the singers that are in like the cult are like moses sumney Susanna's son who is has a beautiful voice by the way she plays chloe she's a fantastic singer uh troy savon who i've seen in like yeah. other movies um also really good singer uh ramsey and this uh actress who's been on a lot of television but she also has been on like in musicals like stage musicals divine joy randolph um, she doesn't sing a lot, but there's one point where she's trying to, like, vocally coach somebody, and she sings a little bit, and she has a beautiful voice. Um, and then he has Kanye West's producer, Mike Dean. And, mm. like, a bunch of, like, music industry people. I'm like, did he just make up this? Is this just so he can fuck around with music people? Because the whole last episode is basically watching her, like, have all of these people just perform for her producing team. But instead of just, like, showing, like, clips of them singing, they all sing a full song. Which is just, like, remember in season two of Euphoria, where they just mm-hmm. stopped the whole series to just let that one guy sing? Because he's also a yeah. musician. It's a whole half of an episode where it's just people doing that. And I'm like, y'all have beautiful voices. But we've been hearing them sing throughout it, so we don't need to hear the yeah. whole fucking song. Like, it just, it just grates to a halt. It's so stupid. Mm. And... And again, everyone's talented. It's just like, from a directing standpoint, it's a fucking hot mess. But then the thing that happens is that in the end, you think that she's she's rid herself of, uh, what the fuck, Topher, whatever the fuck his name is. I can't remember what his name is. It's something so stupid. Um... You, he's she's rid him of himself they, they've had someone write a hit piece on him about because he's a bad person he's just a bad person and and six weeks later jocelyn's opening up her tour that she's worked so hard to get back and um eli roth and jane levy and hank Azar, who are all like her managers are all like drinking champagne like we're so excited we took that guy down yay and it seems like she's orchestrated them taking care of him for her. But then she gives him an artist pass under his legal name, not his weird one name name. And she introduces him to her audience as the love of her life. And that's the end of the show. So we watched all of that. And it turns out that now she's manipulating him, but the toxic couple ended up together in the end. And I just find that, real shitty and really annoying to go through all of that and watch that. I was like, what? Why? Why? Why do we watch that? It's stupid. I will say it's also very kinky. There is more sex in it than any episode of Euphoria. Like, and it's like, like, like literally there's an episode where they're driving in an open air convertible 
her her assistant and friend who's played by um the girl from Bodies 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 who also by the way has a she's the only person who sees through all the bullshit and then in the end she just disappears like she doesn't die mm. but like her character just disappears and i'm like she was like the only smart person i mean i guess she's smart to get away but they never resolved that she was the secondary character i was most interested in finding out what happened and they're like ah, yeah. it's fine um but she's driving them to going shopping in an open air convertible with the top down and uh, the weekend is just like eating out Lily Rose Depp, which she was wearing shorts. So like, you know, they're very tight shorts. And I was like, well, that's a little awkward. Like, I wonder how logistically that ha- happened. But, you know, whether there's a will, there's a way, of course. But then like, it's like he's called the paparazzi. So there's already like people there when they arrive. And then he gets possessive about this guy looking at her. So he starts to fuck her in the Mm. dressing room and then she says oh don't come in me and then she leaves him unsatisfied so he jacks that off in the dressing room and then i think he it's implied that he wipes his cum all over uh a valentino dress oh wow so because they're in valentino valentino got a really weird shout out for that show um it's and it's like that, like, every, and, like, it's interesting that she has a weird, like, not, well, I don't want to say weird, I don't want to kink shame. She has an S&M kind of sex life fantasy because she, it's like a desire for control. And, like, yeah. that's interesting as a person. It's interesting that, like, she's in an abusive relationship because she wants someone to control her because she doesn't want to make decisions for herself because it's too stressful. Totally interesting. There's a whole episode where she's trying to shoot a music video and she keeps fucking up the dance moves and, like, her feet are bleeding from the shoes that she's dancing in and she has, like, a come apart. That episode's very interesting. All of that is interesting. But they focus so much on the weekend's character and then they're blasting his music in every episode, which I... There are some really good songs in there, but I was just like, it just doesn't... It seems like a vehicle, more of a vehicle and less of a show. Mm. It's a vehicle for all these musical acts that are, like, people that... I think people know of, but aren't big household names. They're like, you know, TikTok singers or like YouTube singers or like they've had minor hits or maybe they're really big in the LA scene, but maybe not globally, except mm-hmm. for like, obviously Jenny Kim from Blackpink. Um, Lily Rose Depp is really good in it though. I would like to see her in something where she doesn't have to be naked the entire time. It's yeah. like every scene, her tits are just out, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But it, it feels, I don't know, like, there are other, like, okay, there's other movies where people are naked the whole time, like Stranger by the Lake, where it yeah. doesn't feel exploitative, because it feels like everyone is in on it, and everyone understands what's going on. This movie feels exploitative, because it's so sleazy, that it just doesn't feel nice to watch it. And yeah. the only reason I finished it was because I was already three episodes in, and I said... Well, I might as well watch the last two episodes and just see what the fuck it's all about. It was supposed to be six episodes, so they cut something out. I don't know. It's just, ugh. it's not worth wasting your time on it unless you just really like to see weird sex stuff a lot. It's just, and I don't feel bad. The Weeknd's not a bad actor, but he starts at 10. Yeah. Every time he starts a scene. And that is like. It's it's a it's a cardinal sin of acting, but it's also really common for people who aren't trained in acting, 
which I, I assume he's not training acting because of his performance, because he's not bad. There's scenes where he's decent, but it's just he starts at 10, and, like, the rule I was always taught was, like, you know, start at a 2, so you have somewhere to go. Yeah. You know, when you start at a 10, then there's nowhere for you to go. Um, but down. And it's, oh, it's a mess. I'm, I hope that season 3 of Euphoria is better than this, because it was, whoo! But Euphoria was based on a different TV show, on an Israeli TV show originally. So maybe, uh... What's his face? Sam Levinson just needs source material. I think he needs it. Because, whew, this one's, whew, it is a mess. But at least, like, I mean, I'm glad I watched it, kind of, because it was interesting, I guess. Yeah. But it's, it's not good. I, when I heard mm. about it, I was really excited. I thought it might be, like, a really cool, like, miniseries, but it, mm, it's pretty shitty. So there's that. <laughs> Did you watch anything yeah. like that? I know, did not watch anything like that. What so did you, what, just, tell me something you watched. Yeah, Palette so, uh, yes, definitely. So I saw, uh, <laughs> it's unprecedented for me to see three movies in one month. Usually I'm lucky if I get to oh see one movie God. in the theaters. Yeah, yeah. Three, birth, birthday month, we're going strong. Um, so I started, actually June 1st, we saw Across uh, the Spider-Verse. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so as you know, uh, Into the Spider-Verse is actually one of my favorite movies. I know a lot of people would joke that I'm a big kid. That's true, but it's also a phenomenal movie. Um, and then my younger nephew is a big Spidey boy, so that's kind of like our bonding thing. is like me and him see Spider-Man movies together. Um, so yeah. me, him, and Taylor went to see Across the Spider-Verse, and I loved it. The animation is, like, next level. Like, if Into the Spider-Verse was, like, a different level of animation, this one just, like, catapults that. Uh, oh, wow. But I will say, one of the only things that... It, it's a blessing and a curse because this movie, if you have any kind of form of ADHD, it's like you're... Me and Jaden were both like, oh, my God. Like, your eyes came in focus on one thing because uh-huh. there's so much going on in every single scene. Um, it's a little exhausting, honestly. Like, I mm-hmm. loved it, but I was also, like, physically tired at the end of the movie because it was so much for my brain to kind of process. Um, but the things I did love about it was that they really gave Gwen her own storyline. Like, of course, Gwen's in the first movie, mm-hmm. Spider-Woman, played by Hayley Steinfeld. But this really gave her her own story, and I really, really liked that. And Ryan actually brought up, he's like, you know, with Miles Morales, if the first movie is kind of exploring the African-American side of his identity, this movie really explores more the Latino side of his identity. Uh, so there was all these really interesting cool. things. There's a hell of a lot of uh, voice cast members. So Jason Swartzman was in this one. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya was in this one. Mahersha Ali, Oscar Isaac. They all kind oh. of joined this new. Ooh. Yeah, it's. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, a lot of people. An incredible cast. Yes. Uh, the only thing is that it seems like a lot of people were disappointed that... So, I already knew this one was... A, this this series was going to be a trilogy. I knew that already. Uh, this movie does end on, on a cliffhanger. And I think a lot of people were really upset that it ends on a cliffhanger. I kind of liked it, personally. Um, but, was yeah. Was it so Stacy falling to her death? No, thank God. Thank God it is not that. Uh... But they do actually reference, that's a big thing that they reference in the movie when you see the Spider Society. I mean, when you see the Spider Society, there's like literally a 
freaking spider cat there's like the playstation spider-man there's like the lego spider-man there's all these different spider-men spider people as you would say and they do reference how and there's the continuity of it that in every continuity the spider-mans lose someone important to them which they kind of touch on the first movie anyway um mm-hmm. but yeah i think i mean i hate to say it but every other animated film this year can probably hang up their hats this is gonna win best animated film. <laughs> like it's just like <laughs> I mean, the animation is mind-blowing. Um, I do kind of agree. I have a good friend that was like, you know, I like this one. But he was like, I was fatigued seeing it. And he's like, and I felt like the first movie had more heart. I was like, you know what? I can kind of see that. The first movie had maybe more heart. But I think this is a very, like, satisfactory sequel. I still think mm-hmm. I do personally like the first movie just a little bit better. But I love this one, so... Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not disappointed, you know, no. it can't, they can't all be um, Empire Strikes Back. That's, you know. yeah. Yeah. It's Some still, of like, them are going to be a Temple of Doom, which is entertaining, but in my opinion, until the last two Indiana Jones movies, the worst in the trilogy, which I have, I didn't even realize the new Indiana Jones movie was coming out until it was basically out, and it has bombed at the box office, as well oh. as... The other multiverse movie, which was The Flash, but that's because freaking Ezra Miller allegedly went on a crime spree, and then, you know, (laughs) they didn't redo the movie. I was like, really? Really? But, you know, they had to cancel Peacemaker, because that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. But anyways, but at least this, but Spider-Verse is doing really, really well, so I don't think it's. I, I'm fatigued with Indiana Jones. Like, I love Indiana Jones. It's one of my favorite, like, film trilogies, the original three. Um, except for, I hate Temple of Doom. I really don't like that movie. I really want it to. I really don't like it. I don't like Temple of Doom at all. Um, but the, the first and last one, I love. And so, like, the fact that I'm like, we don't, like, I love Harrison Ford. But, like, we don't need a fifth one. And and uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridges from um, Fleabag is in it. Fleabag's in mm-hmm. it. But I'm still like, I, I'm just going to wait and watch it on streaming. Gotta be yeah. honest. But Spider-Verse seems like something very fun to see in theaters. So I'm sure it's still playing because it'll probably get an extended release in theaters. So, so see it if you can. The day we saw it, so uh, FYI, my friends, AMC theaters usually release movies the day before. So even mm. though, like, Spider-Verse was supposed to be released, I think it was Friday, June 2nd, we saw it Thursday, June 1st, and I want to say there mm-hmm. was 10 showings, and almost every single one of them was sold out. So. Wow. Like, That's yeah. That's good, though. Like, it is really, really good. And it is one of those movies I'm I'm really, really glad, because, I mean, we've entered this age of superhero movies where it's kind of like, they're a dime a dozen and chances are they may yeah. not be very good this was a really good movie and that did make me happy like i say even though i favored the first one just maybe a little bit more i still really really love this one and cannot wait to see it again so i did watch okay a little update on rupaul's drag race all stars eight because the finale is coming up this week i think um so my my runner-up pick heidi and closet left because of the drama <laughs> But, but, the dramatic one that was causing the drama, Alexis, got eliminated. And it was the best thing because she keeps, she's a theater person. She's a, she has a musical theater degree. And she's been, like, crying 
like out of nowhere in all of these episodes and it's it it might not be an act but it kind of seems like she just like there is this one where she's like half out of drag and she just leans over and she's just like ah, ah, this thing we do is so important but it's just like a little too much and uh there's another queen yeah jessica wild but she pronounced it jessica and um she uh was from season two i think and she didn't speak a lot of English when she started on season two. And um, so she had a really hard time, like, communicating. And people kind of didn't take her seriously. So her coming back as, like, an older queen who hasn't been... Like, they're on... They just finished season 15. So that's how long ago she was on RuPaul's Drag Race. And she's made it to the top three. And it's her and Candy Muse and Jimbo. Jimbo's my front runner. But Jessica eliminating Alexis was the best because every time Alexis would cry, she just had this like completely like disassociation look where she's just like, oh, she's crying again. Like she's trying not to be a bitch, but she's also like, are you crying for real or is this an act for the cameras? It was very annoying. Anyways, but I don't know how y'all feel about it, but my top pick is Jimbo. But I would be okay, honestly, with any of the three of three finalists winning because as long as Alexis doesn't win, because I don't, I don't think Alexis is untalented. It's just like the fucking drama of like, like she just kept causing drama, and it's just I don't know, I can't stand it. And I really like Tidy and Closet, and I really want her to be in the top three, but it's okay. I'm glad Jessica did though. Jessica's fun. Um. So that was my that was my update. I don't know. I'm I, if Jimbo doesn't win, and I would be really shocked. I feel like there's a reason they invited Jimbo, and that's because Jimbo has been in three different Canadian RuPaul's Drag races and has gotten eliminated by competitors because they were afraid of her. And I'm kind of like, I want to see her fucking win the crown, and I think that's what everyone wants. But I don't know. We'll see. What else what else did you get to see in theaters though? So my you actual said three. birthday Yes, on my actual birthday we went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Uh How was I, that? Wish, I really, really liked it. I did. Good. I did. So I haven't seen I, uh, the second one, so <laughs> I you know what's funny is that I saw the first one in theaters when it like years like twelve years ago, I think now at this point. So I saw the first oh my one God. in theaters like the is first it that old? one. Yeah, I think it was. I want to say it was maybe my nephew was born in 2010. I think it may have been 2011. I feel it's so, a good movie. Yeah, I didn't watch I it was, until very recently, and I really liked it. I liked the first one. The second one was okay. This third one, so while spoiling thing, Rocket's my favorite character. That's unsurprising to anyone who knows me knows I love animals. Um, yeah. Oh, okay, so I kind of, like, I didn't have the whole movie spoiled for me, but I had a few things slightly spoiled for me. Taylor went into this one completely blinded. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen my husband cry three times now in ten years of yeah. knowing him. This is one of those. Did he cry? He <gasps> cried during this movie, yes. Yes, uh... But he is also an animal lover, and there needs to be a trigger warning for people who are animal lovers. There is animal experimentation in this movie. Yeah, I heard uh, about that. Yeah, it's it's very... I don't think I can watch it. Like, I've seen one clip of like, the animals mistakenly thinking that they're not being experimented on. 
and being like, we'll make it out. And I just, oh, it makes my heart hurt yeah. to hear that. And I'm just like, I was like, I don't think I can watch this movie. They're very honest. I will, I will say they're so luckily I didn't have any of the ending, like the third half of the movie spoiled for me. Like with a lot of the Marvel films, I think it's a little long, but I think it's very rewarding when you do finally get to the third act of the film. Like it's very rewarding. Uh, and there was a few scenes that like I was getting choked up and Taylor just had like tears streaming down his face. And at the end of it, I mean, I would have loved, so you know how like there's the midnight premiere for Marvel films. I would have loved to see this one, the midnight premiere, because there was literally me, Taylor, and a family in the theater, and I still started like clapping my hands like an idiot because I was Aww. like so happy by the end of the movie. Like I, it was so rewarding, um, and I really, well, that's good. I wasn't expecting that from this movie. Um, it's also really cute, and me and our friend Johnny were talking about this because Cosmo the dog is a male in the comics. But she's female in the movies, and we're like, oh, they did that for Laika. They did that to make her more oh, like stop. Laika. Laika makes me cry, yeah. too. Uh, yeah, Laika makes me... Mm -hmm. I Every no, every November 3rd, I always think of little Laika. Um, and how Laika and, she's... and the monkeys, Abel oh. and... Um, shit. Anyways, they had a display at the Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville when I was a kid. Oh. And they had a display that was like, you know, like a like a... It, it was a, a replication of what it looked like when they were in their little tubes. And every time I saw it, I was like, did they get back? And my mom was like, um, no. And I was like, yeah. what's the monkeys? That's the monkeys. Like, I love monkeys. I loved monkeys as a little kid. I mean, oh. I love dogs. But, like, I really loved monkeys. I thought they were super cool. I had all these, like, monkey stuffed animals. I just thought they were so – I loved, oh. like, gorillas. Big fan. And of primates. I think it's Curious George. It's Curious George's fault. I was oh, really yeah. into Curious George as a He's kid. He's a good one. And, like, thinking about the monkeys going home, I'm just like, why wouldn't you keep, take them, bring them back home? It's so sad to me. I know. Ugh. And that's, like, that's, like, the thing. It's, like, so I, I love famous dogs. And Laika and Hachiko are my two favorites. And Hachi. Oh, Hachi's sad, too. They're about, so it's his hunter, it's his, so Hachi and my mom have the same birthday, which I think is very fitting. It's November Aww. 10th. So this would have been Hachi's 100th birthday on November 10th. So they're actually doing events all across Shibuya to celebrate Hachi, which I think is really, really sweet. And I wish I could go to Japan just to be involved in the Hachi celebrations. But unfortunately, I don't have a couple grand to drop on a plane ticket. But if I did, like, it's always been a dream of mine to go to Japan. And it would be a perfect time to go yeah. for that. So... But yeah, uh, but short note, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, loved it. Uh, it's, it's so, just a basic, basic rundown. Uh, Rocket is injured at the beginning of the film, like at the point that they're not sure if he's going to make it or not. And so the, the kind of catalyst of the film is they're trying to find out like more about the high evolutionary who essentially created Rocket. And it weaves back and forth between present time and flashbacks of Rocket's story. But yeah, I love it. And when you see it, Supposedly, it's coming to Disney Plus July 8th, which is just a couple days from this recording date. So, you and Scott should definitely 
see it. Um, and I will say, I cry about it. Yeah, you you will cry. You will cry. Uh, I and I will say there is. It's really really funny because there's something that happens in the movie where like, wait, when did that happen? And it turns out it was revealed in the Christmas special. So we did actually watch the Christmas special the other night too, which is really cute. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't always watch the specials when shows yeah. have specials. The the one time I did was I got into Euphoria like two months before the second season premiered and so since I was really into it I ended up watching the two specials in between. And the Hunter Schaefer special is good, but the one with Rue and her sponsor in that diner is some of the best acting I've ever seen on television ever. It is. It should be a play. It's. They're both so good. I just want to like. It was. I just want to watch. I was like, this is like theater. This is like really good, captivating theater. And it's just like, like you don't have to go into a billion different sets. Like it's lovely that they're just at this one place in this one location having this very interesting discussion about both of their lives and it's just oh i do love euphoria just don't watch the idol it will ruin sam levinson for you um but what was the third i think i know what the third thing was you saw which is something i will see but i don't know if i'm gonna get to see it before it goes just to streaming yeah and so you already know so it's past lives and so oh, I, uh, sundance yeah. darling yeah so and that's the thing so i think it was um Past Lives was one that was, like, being critically acclaimed at Sundance. I really wanted to see. Another mm-hmm. one that I really want to see that I think is coming out later this year is Cat Person, which is based on a New York uh, New Yorker short story that is mm-hmm. great. It's a great short story. And Amelia Jones, who was in CODA, is the lead in that one. But, so, mm. I've been following this movie because I'm like, okay, okay. Like, they're like, oh, this is a great film. This is a great film. I'm like, okay. So we knew it was getting a limited release June 3rd. It went nationwide on June 23rd. And so I was like scouring. And they finally came to one of our local theaters. We have like seven in our area, as Katie knows. And it came to Mm -hmm. a particular one. I was like, we're going to go see it. So I'm watching this movie. And only thing I think of, I was like, okay, I like this movie. It's Celine's song is her directorial debut. And it is very autobiographical Mm -hmm. in that... Celine and then the character Nora, that's very loosely based on her. It's like they immigrated mm-hmm. from Korea to Canada and then they became a playwright in New York. And she was inspired by this whole idea that her childhood sweetheart and her husband were sitting uh, on the other side of her in a bar. And she was like, oh my God, these men who are both very different and they only have me in common. Like she just started thinking that she created this movie. And mm-hmm. I have to say this movie, in my opinion, from the trailers is kind of mismarketed. It really looks like it's kind of a love triangle. It's nothing like that. It's such Mm. a beautifully quiet film. Like, it's not one of those movies that I could just go, oh, you should see this movie, you should see this movie. I can recommend it to certain people. There's no suspense, there's no thriller, there's no, like, erotica. It's just this movie about, like, how life takes us on these different paths and these choices that we make and how we're supposed to be where we're supposed to be at this moment. And so I'm watching this movie and I'm like, I like this movie. I didn't think like it was like the greatest movie I've ever seen. I was just like, I really like it. It's very quiet. There's this great level of intimacy between the actors. The dialogue is really beautiful. It's really natural. Cinematography is great. Score is beautiful. 
And then we get to the last 15 minutes and there's a line of dialogue that it was like a switch just flipped in my head. Like this little pleasure switch. That you had a worst person in the world moment. And dude, like, so I literally, and Taylor even heard it sitting next to me. I let out like this little like, oh, like when it like was said out loud and the tears started forming. And as this like bit of movie magic just kind of unfolded there in the last 15 minutes, I could just feel the tears kind of streaming down my face a little bit. And then it gets to the last five minutes of the film. And I swear to God, it's some of the best. It's like one of the best scenes I've ever seen in a movie in my 34 years of life. I loved it. Like happy so much. or sad? <sighs> bittersweet. I think bittersweet okay. is the right word. Yeah. Yeah. I did watch two things, two documentaries, one of which made me cry really hard. Um, but I watched that The Curious Case of Natalia Grace mm-hmm. about the quote unquote orphan, what it was made, what, what the movie Orphan was based off of. But oh. um, this, the adopted parents, in my opinion, are complete and total assholes because it very much, to me, I am 100% convinced that she is a child, or she was then. Like, the way she talks now, she sounds like a, like a 20, like a 19, 20-year-old. Like, she, or she's 16. Like, she might even not even be that old. But I mean, like... It's pretty obvious they just abandoned their adoptive child in an apartment mm. by herself and had the courts lie about her age. And they even talked to, like, some jurors who acquitted him, and they were like, we definitely think he was in the wrong, but there wasn't a way to legally convict him. And he's just such a fucking asshole. Oh God, they're both assholes. Um, it's really sad, but they're, they're having a special where Natalia is going to be interviewed by herself. So I will definitely be checking that out. But um, there's, okay, so I don't know how I got on this TikTok, but TikTok and um, Instagram, there's this, Instagram stories, there's this one woman, I think it's a YouTube channel, um, and she, like, uh, she does, like, foster parenting advice, where she does, like, little uh, vignettes of, like, how to handle different situations when you're a foster parent, and, like, like, she never films her foster children, but she does, like, you know, this is how the different situations you find yourself in. And um, so she was like, you know, if you ever want to be a foster parent, here's some good documentaries to watch. And one was called Foster, and it's on HBO Max. And so I went and I was like, I'm curious. I want to watch it. I love documentaries. So I watched it. It's called Foster. And it was made several years ago, but it's about several different kids and uh foster parents and social workers involved in the foster system in the la area and there's like one foster home where it's like this woman and she always wanted to have a big family but she only had one child because she just had a really hard time getting pregnant and so she ended up opening up her home as a foster parent and she's fostered she's like a amazing foster parent and at the end she ends up like adopting one of her foster kids like she's adopted a lot of her foster kids but she's also just like she's had like i don't know about hundreds but like dozens of kids come through her door and like she gives them like a place where other people like wouldn't because a lot of kids like have gone from home to home to home and not been able to like stay anywhere long enough to 
get roots and that's so hard as a kid because um, especially like if you're a foster kid and you're separated from your parents like and the girl that gets adopted at the end she's like you know my parents um had drug problems and i was taken away from them and and so like i've never really had anyone to take care of me until here i've never really felt like i was in a home and i feel yeah. like i have siblings and i have a mom and i you know have a home and she's just really good like some of her kids have really bad like uh, hard behavioral issues and some of them like are just you know abandoned and dealing with those feelings and she's just so lovely um and then there's this other kid who's like a teenager and like oh so his story so sad his mom's boyfriend killed her in front of him when he was a little kid and he has flitted he has never been able to stay in a home for a long time and he has like a lot of repressed stuff that he hasn't been able to get through and so he he got into some legal trouble um and but he seems like he genuinely you know wants to toe the line but he has a lot of like unresolved issues and so he has like a whole team of like social workers and judges who are trying to get him off probation and it's like him working through all of that and going to therapy and even though he still has kind of trouble staying out of trouble after the documentary ends like it is nice to see this whole team of adults try and then there's a foster child who is now an adult and she grew up in the foster system and now she comes back and helps counsel kids in the foster system and foster parents and she helps explain to people like how to like she's like a support system because they have a support system in at least in the la center where it's like former foster children come and support current foster children and then there's one girl who like she's graduating into this program where she's like going to be on her own and she's kind of like struggling with college and stuff and she's reuniting with like her siblings that she was separated from and it's it's beautiful oh and there's one what the the one that focuses the most is this couple have a baby and the mom tests positive for cocaine and she Mm. says well i just i apparently she's had a drug problem but her husband didn't know about it and so he's completely side winded he's like completely blown sideways about it and so he ends up gaining custody until while she's in a recovery program and it's like there, and she does, at least according to the documentary, she gets clean, she gets sober, and they're reunited. And they don't stay together romantically, but they co-parent, it seems like. And, you know, she does get her life together for her kid. And, like, that was very nice to see. And so, like, they actually do get to do a reunification, which is the yeah. goal. I've had a lot of friends be social workers. That's the goal. But it's really hard sometimes. So um, if you ever want to foster kids or if you ever just, like, were curious, like, why the foster system's broken, it, it has a little bit of everything, you know. It's hard. I mean, I don't know. It's 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 a good documentary though, and it did make me cry, <laughs> but mostly happy cry because like, especially when that little girl gets adopted, and she's just so happy. She's like, I don't have to come to court anymore. Because then you think about like, I've been, only been to court like as a jury member, and that was mind numbing. But like, that's like your everyday life when you're in foster care. Is you have to appear in court for different things, and like, because you're a ward of the state, like it's. It's just so sucky, and they're so overwhelmed, and it's just like, you know, it just, you know, when people are like, well, you know, you know, make abortion illegal because people should be adopting children. I'm like, do you know how many children 
Just this one kid who obviously is trying to be a better person, but he's a teenager and he just needs a fucking home. And like, no one can keep him longer than a few months. And that's one of the reasons why he's acting out is because he can't stay in a home. He doesn't have a home. Like, I can't imagine being a kid and not having a home. Well, the thing is, it's so sad. There's literally a charity that they just, like, take in old suitcases because so many foster parents realized yeah. their kids' stuff was in trash bags. They're like, these kids, like, carry their yeah. things around trash bags. So they just, like, we're just collecting old suitcases, old bags, so these kids aren't doing trash bags. And then I always tell people, I'm like, okay, like, you know, you're so worried about unborn babies. Go down to our local mall, the Galleria Mall. There are kids' pictures up in the foster care that are looking for forever homes. And they have little bios about them. And they're like Adopt they're one. like young and adult teen or young and older teenagers. So like kids between probably the ages of like thirteen and seventeen. And the sad thing is a lot of them yeah. have disabilities. And supposedly that's the thing yeah. that's on the rise now where people will have children with disabilities and they give them up for adoption, but then no yeah. one wants the baby with disability. And well, I mean, that lady in the documentary did. She had one that had grown to adulthood, and he still comes and lives with her when he's not in his group home. Aww. But my mom, so my mom works with adults with intellectual disabilities, and um, it's really sad how many of them, like, don't have family. Some of them do, but some of them, like, their group home people are their family because their family can't take care of them for whatever yeah. reason. And, um, it's really sad. But that's why, like, I mean, it is, I, I'm glad people work in the foster system. It is so broken. And kids get abused in foster systems, too. You know? So, it's like, I don't know. I, I get very, like, I want to help. I don't think I could afford to be a foster parent. But, like, it, I know one time in high school, we, um... We volunteered with a local foster system. It was like a foster home. Like, it was like a, I don't want to call it an orphanage, but it was like a, yeah. a children's home. Um, And we, like, we we threw them a Christmas party. Yeah. And just, like, and some of them were our age. That That's was the sad, sad thing. Like, I, I kind of expected everyone to be, like, a little kid. And then there were some people that were our age. Like, 14 and 15 and 16 and 17. And it's, like... I, I can't imagine, like, being a teenager and not having a place to, like, rest your head. And it's just, it's so fucked. And so, like, you know, maybe help your, you know, maybe help those people. Maybe yeah. maybe you can't provide them a home, but maybe go visit, go hang out, be a, be a big brother, big sister program with kids. Like, you know, like, do that. I want to do more of that because it, it is one of those movies where I'm just like, I just want to help because I just I can't imagine that, and yeah. it's it's not their fault. Something bad happened to them, and it is not their fault. And it's 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 so selfish when people are like, "Well, how dare you have birth control and things like that?" You know, I'm like, listen, there are so many kids that need homes. We don't need to add to it if we don't have to. And yeah. I think some people are making a very mature decision when they're like, I can't have a kid right now so I'm going on birth control or something happened but I cannot raise a kid like I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that you know um making that decision especially at an early age I mean yeah. an early point in your pregnancy I'm like I when you watch a documentary like this you're like oh 
Wow. And it's not like I'm not scaring people. You can still have kids and everything. I'm just saying. Yeah. If you're not ready for a kid, you know, maybe don't have a kid. Yeah. Because, like, like, the foster system is overwhelmed and it is broken. And there's only so many good people out there who have the time and money to be a successful foster parent. It is hard. You know. Anyways. It was a really good documentary. And um, you should definitely watch it if you like documentaries. I will. I guess. I guess we're gonna move on though <laughs> to a hate watch <laughs> that I think we both did. Yeah. Um. And just like that, it's back again to haunt us forever. And see, I have to say, I think I don't know if my expectations are so low from the first season. I actually think this one may be a little bit better than the first season mm. so far. Now, we're only, like, two episodes well, in. So. I, okay, I share the sentiments about some things. I did write some positives. I still hate it, though. But, but, I will say, I kind of like Carrie's story. Because yeah. Carrie's kind of becoming a better version of Carrie from Sex and the City. Sometimes. And then she does the episode where she fakes having COVID. And I was like, Carrie, what the yeah. fuck? But see, that's but, like so like, Carrie, though. Like, I'm like, yeah, that's something I know. Carrie from Sex and the City would do, too. Yeah. Um, I like, you know, she has this, like, mature relationship with a co-worker. And uh, they have, like, a very amicable breakup. And um, I was like, that's very Carrie. That was, it was very nice. And, like, you know, she's like, I'm moving on physically, but I'm not ready emotionally to move on. And she's she actually like, tells him, and so like it's not like a big deal, you know, which is nice. I like that. Um, Charlotte has become a little less annoying this season. Yeah, like, Charlotte, and God. I love Charlotte. I love Charlotte. Me too. City, but last but season like, was yeah. awful. Oh, well, the, the that... whole thing with like my my child is figuring out their identity, and I've lived in one of the biggest, most progressive cities in the United States of America my whole like adulthood, but I don't know what non-binary is was just so ridiculous. I was what like, about, she's not that out of touch. But see, what about Miranda also living in like oh. this great, beautiful city and having that encounter with her professor in the first season, and you're just like, oh god, oh, this is yeah. like cringe, like cringe hard. It's really, it's, okay, well, okay, do we want to talk about Miranda yet? Oh, God. I actually, I Miranda's storyline remi- remains to be the worst part of it, I think, I would agree, I would agree, I would agree that Miranda's storyline is definitely the furthest from what we, I think of Miranda when I think of Miranda as a character. Miranda? Miranda, I, I miss Steve. Yeah, he had, he's, they did show him the sneak peek for, like, this week's episode that's about to come on, though. Oh, I didn't watch a sneak peek. I didn't watch a sneak peek, so I'm trying to keep myself surprised. Yeah. <laughs> for the cringe. But, oh my god. So I do have to bring it up real quick. So you've probably already okay. heard Katie, but Kim Cattrall is going to be coming back this season. Apparently, but just briefly. Not a yeah. big thing. She's just gonna have See? a brief cameo. And I'm not, okay, I love Samantha, but, like, I don't know if I'm not, like, missing Kim the same way because I've watched How I Met Your Father, and she's playing Hilary Duff's, like, grown counterpart in How I Met Your Father. Oh. (laughs) So, like, yeah, so she's, like, you see her every episode of How I Met Your Father. She's the narrator, so. Well, 
I think Seema, who I really love, uh, mm. Sarita Chattery, I think, Ch- Chattery. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love her as Seema, and I think she's a very good Samantha replacement. I think she fills it well, and I really like that actress. I also like Lisa and Naya I do as too. some new characters. Love them. Yeah. They're great. Naya, I'm a little confused with Naya's plot this episode i know she and her husband are estranged and that's all thing but it's a little too much of her just sitting in her house by herself drinking wine and yelling at him over facetime it was a lot of that the first episode and the second episode and then the third episode she finally got out of that of her apartment and was like uh talking with naya and she went to lunch with the girls and i was like okay good naya can come out from the woodwork because like i genuinely like that actress and i like her character and her performance and i really like lisa and i like the wexleys because uh chris jackson is playing mm-hmm. her husband who yeah. uh i did a workshop with in new york city he's yeah, a very nothing. nice man i can't i can't get over it every time like i watch and just like that or like hamilton i'm like i've met him and had a conversation he was lovely and um it's just one of those like he was very nice and it was before he was like really famous so i was like i feel like if you're that nice when you're not really that famous you're actually a nice person i think he seems like a nice guy but i think i'm glad he's on television because like he's good and sometimes broadway people don't always get to be on television but i do think sex and city filming in new york gives a lot of new york actors um roles like you know like um law and order does the same thing they film in new york so a lot of people a lot of theater actors will be on Law and Order as well, because um, they're so near. Um, but I like them. I think there was a weird, random, uh, like, the part with the taxi, which felt a little forced. Yeah. But then, like, and I was like, I was like, I guess people are still racist, but well, it was a little bit out of left field. And then I was like, then they turned it into more of his mother didn't want him to make a big deal about it. But then I was just like... But, I mean, the guy was literally ignoring, like, two little girls and a dad because of racism. Like, I would make a big deal about it, too. That was a bunch of bullshit. Well, how about, like, on a, on a, like, a lighter note, it's like, we're going to get ready for the Met Gala, but not show anyone at the Met Gala. No. Yeah. I can't show anyone at the Met Gala. I was, I thought the next episode mm-hmm. was going to, like, be them at the Met Gala. I was like, oh, it's going to be, like, a two-part opener. And I was yeah. like, oh, no. Sex and State doesn't do that I that do- often. I do like how Anthony is, like, kind of, like, a bigger player in this series, too. Because I do like Anthony. <sighs> Anthony annoys me. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. He's just so bitter all the time. He's always a bitter Betty. I think and he's, like, a good comic relief character. He's so angry and bitter. And then, like, like I know that Stanford's actor has passed away. So yeah. Carrie being like, oh, Stanford sent me this. And, like, them just saying, Stanford's still alive. I'm like, but he's not. It's, yeah. Stop. It's making it hurt more because I miss him. And I mi- I loved Stanford. And I'm, I mean, he he passed away. There's nothing you can do about it. I'm, I don't want them to replace him. But yeah. But they're trying to fill the Stanford void with Anthony. And I like Anthony in teeny tiny, but it's not the actor's fault at all it's just he's always bitter about everything and i'm just always like oh my god and i would like a little more harry a little less anthony i like harry i think harry's pretty funny i like that actor um but they like harry's now just like comedy in the background like 
hey, I bought a top hat. Ah, he's like becoming the new Steve. Oh. Which is sad because I miss Aww. Steve. So, yeah, I think I wrote, I wrote, I'm unsure of what we're doing with Anthony. He just kind of feels like the same person, but stuck in the old show. Like, he, he doesn't seem like he's progressed as a human being. Which is sad because I, I like that actor and I think he pro- he has it in him. Definitely. I did actually um, like the drama when, like, Carrie's reading her audiobook and she can't, like, get that over That was it. good. I actually really, really enjoyed yeah. that. So, and that's where it's, like, it does seem like a Carrie thing to say she has COVID when, like, she yeah. really just desperately wants out of the situation and can think of nothing else. Like. Yeah, because Carrie's not very good at accessing her feelings and. Like, she, I remember, like, her and Big, like, she would always, like, just stuff all of her feelings in because she didn't want to annoy him. And then she's like, why didn't you propose to me yesterday? And he's like, what? And it was, like, and their whole relationship. So, it makes sense. And see, like, I never got to that level of professionalism that I would be, like, reading an audiobook. But I'm just like, dude, like, it's obvious that she is struggling so bad. And they're still, like, also, you have them to saying be the one to do this. Also, them saying we can't edit this. Yeah. They were like, oh, we can't edit the pause. I'm like, bitch, yes, you can. Yeah. I edit pauses out all the time. It's not that hard. Yeah. It's an audiobook. It's not like her mouth has to match it. But I did. I liked that storyline. But yeah. Miranda. Oh, Miranda. And Che. Here's oh, the God. thing. I just read an article when I was waiting for us to get on about how, like, the actors who play Che and Miranda are like, oh, I think people are just uncomfortable with non-binary actors. I was like, that's not it. No. It's not it. I, I, I wish it was just people being homophobic, but or phobic. But honestly, here's the thing. I like Sarah Ramirez. I love them as a performer. They are a powerhouse. But, and I, I do think this is a personal role to them. And I do understand, I want there to be representation of non-binary people. I want there to be representation. Because I have a lot of non-binary friends, and I want to see more people in the media portraying that. And and the fact that they are non-binary makes it better. But I just don't like their character. And I I don't under, like, I, I, they're not funny. Like, their stand-up isn't very funny. Yeah. They, are are real like like wishy-washy with Miranda and like Miranda packs up her life leaves her husband leaves her kid which I know her kid's an adult but still leaves all of her friends to come to LA with you and then like you don't even tell her that you still technically have a husband yeah and you don't like I I'm just like it just seems like a square peg round hole and it's not going to match up. And it, they remind me so much of Carrie and Alexander Petrovsky oh. in season six where they were like yeah. trying to make fetch happen and it just wasn't happening. Like that and relationship like, this just feels wrong. That relationship is worse to me than her and Berger, honestly. Oh, Berger. I mean, Ugh, I'm pissed that he Berger. broke up with her over the- A post-it. I'm pissed at that, but they seem to at least have better chemistry. Yes. They just seemed, it's very forced. It feels forced. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I feel like there's a world where this plot line could work. And I just, I think it's the writing. I don't really blame, 
I don't blame the performers. I think yeah. Sarah Ramirez is good. I, I do like Cynthia Nixon as Miranda generally, but she doesn't seem very Miranda. Yeah. I mean, literally like, the I, first time I watched Sex in the City, like in my early 20s, I felt more like Charlotte. And then rewatching it in my early 30s, I was like, oh no, I'm more Miranda. Like 100%. <laughs> and now it's like hard relating to them, really. And it's not just because they're in their 50s mm-hmm, in this yeah. time around. It just feels harder relating to the characters overall, I think. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, I just, they did kind of break up at the end of episode three, didn't they? I was confused. It's definitely, I I really, I really did applaud Miranda's decision about, like, you know, like, he needs me, I'm going. Like, and I'm like, that's the right decision. It is her kid. And it's like, it reinforces when as soon as he sees his mom, he starts crying. Like, it's like, yeah, you absolutely made the right call. Well, the thing is, like, I get that Che was having a really hard time with the pilot. And, yes, Miranda should have put her fucking phone on silent. I hate, too, yeah. the, the Android hate. She's like, oh, this Android, I can't silence it. I was like, it's not that different from an iPhone, honestly. I get that it's a little bit of a learning curve, but you, there's a volume button on the side. You just keep pressing the say- volume button. As much as I agree with you, I would say the one thing in the character's defense is, like, she's 20 years older than us, so. Yeah, but I feel like I just got a brand new Android. Um, I got, like, the new, I got, like, the S23, and it is literally, like, the easiest thing to silence it. I just didn't like the predictability, I didn't like the predictability in it, because I knew as soon as she snuck that phone in, it was gonna go off. Oh, yeah, it was gonna ring, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, like, that would be one thing. But then, like, Shay, like, blowing up on her and being like, oh, you ruined the whole moment. And I was like, I mean, yes, but also her kid, she just told you that her kid is having problems. And that would be a frustrating day at work, and it would be very embarrassing. But is that going to lose you the whole fucking pilot? I doubt it. If that's what loses you the pilot, then, and also, like, the scene was done. Yeah. Like, they were wrapped... Like, this was like, they could edit that and it would be fine. So I didn't understand why she was so upset. Anyways, um, it was... Or she, not she. They were they, so upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking multiple people in that situation. No, yeah. And I was just like, they were upset and then they were upset. Tony Danza well, wasn't upset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, Tony Danza was great. Like, he's like, aren't they great? Yeah. Like, yeah. He looks way different than I thought he looked now. He's so skinny. Yeah. It's weird to me. But um, but I probably haven't seen Tony Danza in like 15 years. It's funny because so, uh, this, this show literally opens with everyone having the sex at the same time. Because it has that. Oh, yeah. Time. And I'm like, oh, me closer, Tony Danza. Like, you know. Uh, yeah. Oh, but it's the new Dua Lipa version. Yeah. It is catchy. I mean, the original is very catchy, so... Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, that does happen. Like, the first opener of the first episode is just like, everybody's having sex, except for poor Naya, who's watching people have sex on Bridgerton. Yeah. I was just like... I mean, she could have turned on Game of Thrones on Max. You know what? I... This is another thing altogether, but, like, I did start watching Bridgerton Queen Charlotte finally. I was like, oh, this has... I was like, this has more sex in the first, like, two episodes than the entirety of 
the second season Bridgerton did. But don't get me That's wrong. True. I like the Anthony slow burn. I did. I like slow burns. But, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay, fair. It was a little was... bit like, is someone going to have sex, though? Yeah. Somebody like Bridgerton. Somebody you're have just sex. Waiting. Well, it's like you see Anthony <laughs> having sex in the very first episode of Bridgerton. But in his own season storyline, it doesn't happen to, like, the second to last episode. So. Yeah. It's like, well, he had a bit of a dry spell before he got married. Yeah. But I liked, I liked him and Kate. I liked I did. their little t- except the fact that he got engaged to her fucking sister that was weird that's so stupid um yeah i'm so stupid. ready but for season three though penelope and colin I see season three yeah Even penelope's though, looks oh, sorry but, i was no i was like penelope and colin because i love penelope and colin but i'm also kind of fucking pissed at colin after like his little shit thing that he oh pulled. yeah yeah i'm like fuck you colin but no i want you and penelope together that's my whole other thing i won't even yeah. get into that yeah so but yeah but yeah i miss steve i miss Aww. steve he's coming back i'm sorry che i'm sure che- that's the thing is like i don't want to hate that character but i just i don't like them and miranda and i feel like they should I, i'm like there's so many other single people on that show why couldn't Che have dated Carrie? Why is it Miranda? Because we've already seen Steve and Miranda break up so many times. You get back together and say, oh, it's you forever, Miranda. And I'm like, is it? I'm so sick of this. We're going to be at the stop. Brooklyn Bridge, Miranda. <laughs> Why did we go through the Brooklyn Bridge? I am so, I, I hate it. I was just like, oh my God. And like, the thing is, they had a whole, like, six months to a year of people complaining about it to fix that. And yet the first three episodes is all focused on Che and Miranda. And a lot of Che stuff. And I, I'm like, I like Che, but, like, I just hate that they're with Miranda. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. It's yeah. just, like, square peg, round hole. Smart is just, like, very, very real and, like, the tiredness. The, 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 not, like, just, like, being tired all the time. Like, she's fun, but she's also just kind of, like, blunt. And she's, like, I'm just kind of fucking exhausted. And I'm, like, I feel Which is why it's weird that she doesn't come out and just say things to Che. Or she's, like, obviously, like, miserable. And she just is, like, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm, like, what? Who? Where is Miranda? Who is this? What have you done with Miranda? Miranda. I miss Miranda. Yeah. Miranda. I love when people pretend to be Steve on TikTok. There's this one lady (laughs) who does it. And she just has a basketball and a gray t-shirt. They're, like, Miranda, where where did you go? She says Miranda, which he doesn't really say Miranda, but... I can't do the Brooklyn accent. He's like, Miranda, where you? Go- where are you? I just love, like, the fact that they're, like, painting that house, and he's just like, it's always going to be Miranda. And I was like, <laughs> just go back to Steve. I just so, what it's, I love Steve. Everybody loves Steve. He's a fan favorite. He really I don't is. like that they're fucking us over. I know. I was like, y'all, of all the couples to break up, why, why Miranda and Steve? We've was- already seen it. And why are they not having sex? I still don't understand why they weren't having sex. Because when they met, it was all about the sex. Yeah. I don't... I mean, does that happen where people, like... Who were really into sex with their partner just stop having sex? I don't know. 
I think it can. Yeah, it's like as they reach different points in their life. I think it's different for every couple. Sometimes it doesn't and sometimes it does. And I do think there is a real aspect to the show in that way. But it's like you said, that's like the whole part of the first movie. It's like them kind of coming to terms that they they are perfect for each other and working through their issues together. So, yeah. Well, I also think, like, when we're thinking of Sex and the City Men, because I just thought of it, isn't it always Steve, Aiden, Jared, and Harry? Like, people, because Jared, Jared? Jared, Jared. Oh, Jared, yeah. the hot, hot Jared, the, yeah, the model, the model became an actor. Yeah. The, her, yeah. Samantha's final love, that's, like, also, yes. like, a lot younger than her. Like, I think those yes. are, like, the men of Sex and the City that is pretty unanimous among fans that they love those well and big and big Big? oh but see people are big is controversial he is like big is like i don't think he and samantha i mean samantha he and carrie really should have been together yeah i almost wanted to see che and miranda are like big and carrie the first season yeah we're like she's just like oh we just keep running in each other i love you but then like it just does not work out yeah. And it's just so awkward. But I, I can't even... I can't believe that Carrie actually married Big. Like, I was like, ugh. But Aiden's supposed to come back, too, at some point this season. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I'm like, oh, boy. Okay. Curious what's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. Ooh. But, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens with... And just like that. Someone's review was, and just like that, it got worse. <laughs> I oh, was like, no. I, d- I do think everyone else's storylines have gotten a little better. I'm, I'm not, like, as cringe-induced for the rest of the storylines, but I am for Miranda and Chase still, oh, and I hate it. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I just sew now a little bit because I'm paying attention to the fashion. Like, I will never be able to dress like that, but I could wish and hope one day. Did we love Carrie wearing her rejection wedding dress, or did we hate it? Because I kind of loved it. I did, too, especially to the with Met the Gala. blue. The blue was really, really pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Talk I about awkwardness with the poor seamstress trying to, like, fix that dress for six hours. I know. I was like, did you... What the fuck happened? Yeah. Oh, I'd be horrified. Also, you know, they kept saying everyone has a stomach flu. I was assuming that was going to, like, Carrie was going to get dressed and they were going to finish the dress and then she was going to have the stomach flu. Yeah. And not be able to go to the Met Gala. But that didn't happen. So, anyways. I don't know. What are your guys' favorite parts? Do you disagree with us about Miranda's storyline? Do you love Che? Because on the internet, it's a lot of Che. I I don't hate that character. But they need to write them better. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. I don't know. They at least gave them some kind of character. Like, the fact that they're still technically married. And that they, uh, they have, like, body, uh, issue, like, body positive. I don't want to say positivity, but what am I trying to say? Like, they don't have weight issues, but they have issues, like. What am I trying to say? They do, like, but that was Body. the thing. They were uncomfortable with, like, how, like, the clothing fit on them. Right? Like, yeah, because they have, thing. like, a fitting in Hollywood and someone's like, you need to wear a jacket because, you know, your stomach goes over your jeans. 
Yeah, and, and that hurt. That broke my heart a little yeah. bit. I liked that. And that's the thing is, Sarah Ramirez, they are a great performer. I just wish I... I just wish, like, they their character fit in better. Yeah. I wish it was more... Like, I wish maybe they hadn't moved that romance ahead in the first season. But maybe they didn't think they were going to get a second season. So that's why they did it so early. Because I'm like, I feel like we needed to get to know Che a little more before Miranda and Che started Yeah, up. You know? I don't know. I want to give them a chance. But I just, I don't know. I hope Naya goes somewhere because I really like her. Is yeah. it Nia or Naya? I thought it was I Naya. I think Naya. I think Naya sounds right. Okay. I want her to go somewhere. I'm like, with Seema, like, I, I, I did like that Seema was just like, red flags, red flags. I'm like, oh, that was me when I was in the dating world. Yeah. Like, if there were too many red flags, like, nope, getting myself off, can't deal with it. Yeah. But I hope she, because she wants to get married, I hope she finds somebody that she can fall in love with, but... What if, like, Seema or someone starts dating Aiden, and that's how oh. he comes back into Carrie's life, and Carrie's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Aiden. I don't know, but that kind of makes me mad, and I guess this will be, like, a closing thought before we get ready to sign yeah. off. Um, it kind of makes me mad because Aiden, like, obviously, like, was with his wife in the second movie. They have three boys together, so I'm like... Are we just making Aiden divorce his wife just to give, like, Carrie a little bit of, like, comfort? Or is he a widow as well? Oh, I hope Is he a widower? Oh, I would Why? We never met the wife. I know, but it's just, like, I don't know. I just... That'd be just awful. Well, I know, but they're not real people. It's Big. Big is really alive in real life. Yeah. So. And apparently facing legal charges, so... Oh, God. Chris Norris. Perfect timing, Sex in the City. Honestly, it was perfect timing that they were just like, oh, yeah, we're just going to kill your character off. And then they're like, wait, he what? Yeah. Oops. Well, he's not on the show anymore. So. Oof. That's awkward. Oh, Hollywood sucks. People suck. Anyways, maybe it's alleged. I don't know for sure. But, uh, That's the noises I make when I think about it. But anyways, yeah. So I guess we'll leave it. And just like that, we'll just leave it. Leave just it. like that. And just like that. Um, and just like that. That sounds sexual, though, when you say just like that too many times. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And just um, like that. <laughs> Stop. Hold me closer, Tony Danza. Oh, by the way. She's Tony talking to the puppies, not to yeah, me. Yeah, not you. It's like, <laughs> I was like, God, that was really Stop bitchy. Stop it. That was really bitchy. I was like, I'm me. sorry. Am I turning everyone on? <laughs> yeah. No, it's Sex like a, the city and the idol. Ooh. Taylor gave Riley an ice cube, and uh, puppies are kind of like they're really, really cute, but they're socially dumb, so they keep trying to take it out of Riley's mouth. I'm like, oh yeah, not smart. Yeah, not smart. My brother's dogs, Finn and Odin, like just have like they just don't understand, and they're they're way bigger than they think they are. Yeah, and like one of them just punched me in the thigh, not on purpose, but I was just like, oh, but they did. He came up and he sat next to me afterwards. Was like, I'm sorry. I was like, it's okay. Yeah. I was like, it just really hurt. But yeah, but we'll be back uh, next week. We're going to talk about Infinity Pool. Yeah, currently streaming on Hulu. 
currently streaming Hulu. Yeah. I'm so excited because that's what I did see in theaters, and I was like, I can't wait. And then Brittany was like, I think I'm going to pick Infinity Pool. I was like, fuck yeah. yeah. And there are pools. It actually takes place on a sunny vacation, which is why it was weird that it came out in, like, February. Yeah. Or something. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Is it February or March? I think it you're right. It was, like, right. the middle of winter because I wore a sweater. Um... But we'll be watching that, and then we'll check back in a couple weeks and see how much we hate and just like that again. At least the idol's over. Yeah. Yay. Done with. Completely. And But now we don't get to deal with Euphoria because of the writer's strike for maybe another year. But I, they should strike. I want them to get fair pay. Yeah. So hopefully, good luck. Good luck. Keep the strike lines. Apparently the Actors Guild, I mean, SAG after my, uh, I guess, Screen Actors Guild. They might also join in the strike, so I don't know if we're gonna have new television for a while, and just like that might be the last new television we get for like a year. That would be hilarious. It would be pretty funny. Honestly. But at least we'd catch up on things. That's true too. Right? Right. Right? Yeah. Right. Well, uh stay hi- stay hydrated and cool in the summer heat. It has been atrociously hot. It's been like in the hundreds in Alabama, which isn't crazy abnormal but usually we don't get this hot until like august so it's been insane um be careful and wear your sunscreen and wash your hands and take care of each other if your friend looks like they're about to pass out make them drink some water or sit in the shade or i don't know any other oh put on sunscreen yeah sun sun cancer is real skin cancer is real y'all sunscreen is vital for sure Sunscreen, yes. water, sunscreen, water, and even like fruits yes. and vegetables. Just like food that contains water is really, really good for you too. Watermelon. Mmm, watermelon. I got home after our excursion on Saturday and I ate a bunch of watermelon. I was like, mmm, I love watermelon. Good. I like it okay. when it's really yes. good. So, oh yeah. yeah, it was a good watermelon. Mm, that's good always one. good. But yeah, exactly. Juicy. Stay hydrated, wear sunscreen, spade and neuter your pets. Uh, keep those yes. fur babies out of the heat because me and Katie talk about this at the farmer's market we went to. There's a lot of people, we love seeing the cute doggies, but it was really hot for those little paws against the concrete. It was. I don't That's think why a, we didn't bring our puppies. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people are educated about that. I don't think they would ever do things that would intentionally hurt their doggies. They just don't think about it. So think about yeah. it. Don't take the babies Although out. the main coon... The Maine Coon cat on a leash was being held by their owner when they were out on the pavement. So, they were thinking about it. That is very Yeah, there was true. a Maine Coon cat on a leash. It was really fucking cool. Yeah, it was a beautiful kitty cat. But, with that being said, we do love you guys. Yes. We look forward to seeing mm-hmm. you next time. Uh, same spoof time, same spoof channel. Mm-hmm. Stay spoofy, Stay spoofy all. all. Bye. Bye. Bye, Katie. Night Gizmo. Night Scott. Bye, Brent. Bye, Taylor. Bye, all the puppies and kitties. Bye. <laughs> the Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Brittany Ray and edited by Katie Dale. All music used is royalty free and will be in our annotations. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com. Or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.